the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day. I'm Selwyn Whitehead, and I'm a California Bar-admitted attorney, and this is Selwyn's Law. I'm so pleased to come to you again today from the beautiful KFAX studios to discuss financial issues of concern to families and small business owners. Because our relationship is so new, I want to take a few moments again to share just a bit about my background. I have a JD as well as a master's in the laws of taxation and a master's in the laws of intellectual properties. And in addition, I'm a certified bankruptcy law specialist certified by the State Bar of California. My San Francisco Bay Area bankruptcy and tax practice focuses on helping my clients manage their wealth through effective estate and tax planning and manage their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy if needs be. I also help my clients facing foreclosure or those who are dealing with the emotionally and financially taxing issues when they find themselves in an adversary relationship with the Franchise Tax Board or the Internal Revenue Service or when they become a party in a litigation venued in the United States tax court. Prior to going into private practice, I led a small group of attorneys and paraprofessionals inside Fireman Fund Insurance Company's claims department, where I was responsible for auditing our insurance claims and for the case handling practices and performance and fees and expenses of the outside defense counsel we hired to represent and defend our insurers when they got sued by third parties. Prior to that, I worked in various roles as a financial services industry consumer advocate for nearly 20 years, providing input to the public policy implication uh, surrounding potential legislation to members of the California legislature, the National Association of Insurance Commissioners, and members of the United States Congress on banking and insurance-related issues that are confronting American consumers. And prior to that, I worked for several years in the subsidiaries of AT&T, Motorola, and a company that was headquartered in the United Kingdom, Case Communications, designing and overseeing the implementation of data and information communication systems for major clients such as the Department of the Navy, Bechtel, Boeing, U.S. West, and the Pacific Stock Exchange, amongst others. So again, as you can see, I'm a bit of a nerd burger. However, before we proceed, please note that this show does not provide legal advice, nor am I developing a 
an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, the purpose of this show is to strictly attempt to educate um, the, our listeners and exchange information that might be helpful if you need uh, some financial assistance, someone to help you with your financial issues, such that you can begin your search uh, for more detailed information and also help you understand the facts and circumstances of your situation in order that you find qualified help to assist you. So today we're going to continue our discussion on Bankruptcy 101. Last week I discussed or that is to say, I attempted to define bankruptcy and explain why bankruptcy is so important and necessary in our capitalistic market-based economy. You can find my November 10, 2018 podcast on this subject at the Selwyn's Law section on the KFAX website located at kfax.com forward slash content forward slash all forward slash Selwyn's Law. Podcast. So this week, my goal is to provide you with a list of the key players involved in the bankruptcy process and give you an oversight as to their functions. And if we have time, I want to give you the highlights of the bankruptcy process and some of the key bankruptcy procedures. So let's begin. Who are the key players in the bankruptcy process? Well, they are the debtor or debtors, the debtor's creditors, the debtor's attorney, the creditors, plural, attorneys, plural, the bankruptcy court, including the bankruptcy judge and his staff of lawyers that help him or her uh, make decisions about the debtor's case. There's also the Office of the United States Trustee, which is a subunit of the Department of Justice, whose job is to maintain or assure the maintenance of the integrity of the bankruptcy process. And then there's also various trustees, fiduciaries that are appointed by the court to protect the interests of the creditors, the unsecured creditors who might not be represented by counsel in a case. And then there's a chapter, so that would be a Chapter 7 trustee in a liquidating case. That would be a Chapter 13 trustee in a case with individuals with regular income or a Chapter 12 trustee if the debtor is a small family farm or a small fisher person. There's also a Chapter 11 trustee that might be uh, appointed, but it would start out with a debtor in possession and there also might be an examiner who is sometimes appointed by the court to ferret out the truth about a debtor's finances or how she has been managing her business if there's an appearance of impropriety once the case is started. So let's take a few minutes to examine these players one at a time. The debtor or debtors, because uh, individuals can um, uh, file a single bankruptcy case if they are married or sometimes if they are uh, partners, that is to say uh, relationship partners, and also businesses sometimes file uh, jointly. If a uh, subsidiary might file with their parent or their sister um, companies might file together. So that's why I say debtor, individual or debtors. So uh, a debtor or debtors, those are the 
person that is a person or person or entity or entity seeking relief from his or her or its or their obligations. And they also want an orderly liquidation of his or her or it or theirs assets in the case of a Chapter 7 liquidation. Or if they seek to rehabilitate themselves or their corporations, they might file one of the reorganization chapters. That would be in a Chapter 11, a Chapter 13, or a Chapter 12. Again, Chapter 12 is a special kind of bankruptcy for small family farmers and small family fisher persons. One of the most important events in bankruptcy is the automatic stay that takes place as soon as the case is filed. And what an automatic stay does, it stops all of the legal actions that are pending against the debtor or debtors, including most administrative actions. And so that would be all pending lawsuits and even a foreclosure that's going to take place within minutes of filing. So, And it gives the debtor or debtors an opportunity, a reasonable amount of time, to attempt to resolve their financial situation and come up with a plan to reorganize while they're under the protection of the bankruptcy court. And that's what one gets when one files for bankruptcy. You come under the protection of the bankruptcy court. However, the ultimate goal of most debtors is to obtain a discharge of their obligations to pay any debt that they weren't able to resolve inside the bankruptcy and get what is known in the parlance as a fresh start. And that is to say you'll have some assets that are are not liquidated in a Chapter 7 or you don't have to turn over to your creditors in the Chapter uh, 13 or other reorganizations. And with that nest egg, you're able to start your financial life afresh and get a new start. So who can be a debtor in bankruptcy? Well, the Bankruptcy Code, also known as Title 11 of the United States Code, and the United States Code is what I call the big book of United States laws that have been passed by Congress and uh, signed off by the executive branch. It is Title 11 that implements Article 1, Section 8 of the United States Constitution dealing with the subject of bankruptcy, and it set forth two requirements that all debtors must meet in addition to the chapter-specific requirements that each type or chapter of bankruptcy identifies in the bankruptcy code. The first requirement is that the debtor must be a person or a municipality, as both are defined in the bankruptcy code. So under the bankruptcy code, a person includes an individual, a partnership, and some kinds of corporations. For example, the limitation on corporation is one of the samples of, one of the examples of a limitation on corporations is that although insurance companies may take the form of a corporate structure, no insurance company, even if they're a corporation, can seek protection of the bankruptcy in federal courts. And this might seem strange, but there's a very good reason why this is the case. Insurers can't file for bankruptcy because Congress, after World War II, 
made an agreement with the states mandating that all insurance matters, including insolvency monitoring, asset reserving regulation, financial rehabilitation, and the winding down of insurance companies were and remain the purview of state. And so when we come back from our break, I'm going to go into greater detail about the persons and corporations that are entitled to file. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to our continuing discussion about bankruptcy. And when we left off before the break, I was giving you an explanation and defining the kinds of entities and individuals who can file for bankruptcy. They are persons under the law, including individuals, partnerships, and some corporations. And I gave an example of the kind of corporation that can file for bankruptcy. Those are insurance companies because there was an agreement between the states and Congress after World War II that insurance companies would be regulated by the states. So also in terms of a person in bankruptcy parlance that can file is entities known as municipalities. They're a special kind of governmental unit that is allowed to file for bankruptcy. So a municipality means a political subdivision uh, or a public agency or an instrumentality of an individual state, such as a city or a town or a county or a school district or a special tax entity or tax taxing unit, such as a water or fire suppression district. But it does not include the state itself because under our federal system of governance, a state such as California is a co-equal sovereign with our federal government. As such, it's not appropriate for a state to be in federal court defending its own right to deal with its own finances. But a city such as Stockton or San Bernardino may file And in fact, those two cities have filed for bankruptcy in the past. However, in order for a municipality to file, it must first obtain permission from its upstream sovereign, such as the state of California, either expressly by the passage of a special bill approved by the legislature and signed off by the governor, or implicitly by following the rules of an already enacted bankruptcy-related statute that's on the books. The next player are the debtor's creditors. These are entities to whom the debtor owes money or some form of equity and who, as a result of the defaulting on the debt by the debtor, they want to get repaid. There is a public policy-based hierarchical pecking order in the bankruptcy code that dictates the priority in which individual classes of creditors get paid, which is a proxy for how they get paid, if they get paid at all, in bankruptcy. In first position are the debtors' secured creditors, such as entities holding a note or a deed of trust or some kind of lien, or some kind of UCC filing, 
or some kind of statutory lien or, or levy, such as a mortgage or a deed of trust or a pink slip on the debtor's car or an unpaid portion of some executory contract backed up by a articulated security interest, such as a defaulted commercial lease. Unless there is something special about these secured debts that will allow the debtor to modify or strip off or avoid some or all of the value of the applicable lien or security interest, these debts must be paid in full even after the bankruptcy case is resolved because these liens or security interests survive or pass through the bankruptcy. However, if these secure debts are delinquent at the time of filing the bankruptcy and the debtor wants to keep the property involved, the debtor may be able to catch up on her missed payments while under the protection of the bankruptcy court and thereby cure the default while in bankruptcy and at the conclusion of the case have a fresh start with the individual creditor because she will no longer be behind in her payments and therefore no longer facing the loss of the property. Another type of creditor can be a general unsecured creditor, such as a family friend or relative or credit card company from whom the debtor has borrowed money and that the repayment obligation is manifest by either an oral or written contract that was undertaken without the creation of or the filing of a lien or other security interest to secure the debt. Depending on the type of bankruptcy case filed, coupled with the debtor's overall financial situation and the prospects at the time of filing, including her ability to fund her reasonable living expenses out of her post-filing monthly income, some or all of the unsecured debt by the end of the case may be discharged. That is to say, the debtor will no longer be able to or be responsible for making the payments, even if she's able to. The public policy rationale for putting these creditors at the hind end of the debt repayment food chain is that these creditors are presumed to have had the wherewithal to make a rational lending underwriting decision and chose to lend their money to the debtor on an unsecured basis with the full knowledge of the risk of not getting paid as part of their decision-making process. Now, there are two special classes of unsecured creditors that, for public policy reasons, take priority over their other plain old vanilla general unsecured creditors that I just described. These are priority creditors that include debts owed that are domestic support obligations for alimony or child support, and in some instances, money that's owed to an entity of state government that has been charged with collecting the domestic support obligations on behalf of the former spouse or the underage children. The public policy reasons for this class of priority creditor is quite obvious. If the domestic support obligation debts are not paid out of the debtor's future income or other resources, then the burden of supporting the debtor's former spouse and children will fall to the rest of society. That's not good public policy. Another type of priority creditor could be a taxing authority, such as the California Franchise Tax Board 
or the Internal Revenue Service to whom the debtor owes taxes for recent tax years at the time she filed her bankruptcy case. Again, just in the case of domestic support obligations, the public policy reason for having the debtor pay her tax obligations before her general unsecured creditors are repaid is to not shift the debtor's tax obligations onto her fellow taxpayers. However, what's unique about taxing authority debt obligations is the fact that these entities are sometimes simultaneously secured, priority, and general unsecured creditors for the same obligations at the same time. For example, the IRS may have obtained a statutory lien for a portion of the tax owed. As such, that would be a secured debt. While the newer taxes must be paid as a priority, and some of the tax obligation that was not levied on before the debtor filed her case are general unsecured creditors that may be discharged altogether depending on the facts and circumstances of the case when the case was filed. So as you can see, ferreting out the kind of bankruptcy to be filed and determining who must as opposed to who may be paid through a debtor's liquidation or reorganization is quite complicated. As such, the next player, or that is, we say should be the next player, is the debtor's attorney. Bankruptcy is a legal procedure ruled by the bankruptcy code, the bankruptcy rules along with state law statutes, federal and state case law, and the like, and as such, it is very complicated even for attorneys trained in the trade. Because of its complicated nature, the vast majority of cases filed by debtors without the assistance of counsel are dismissed or converted to Chapter 7. Unfortunately, when a case is dismissed, the automatic stay dissolves as quickly as it appeared, which will result in the springing back to life of the very lawsuits or foreclosures that the debtor or debtor sought to avoid by filing the case in the first place. And as a result of a dismissal, the debtor will not receive a discharge. And if the case is converted to Chapter 7, while the debtor or debtors may receive a discharge, the debtor or debtors instantly lose control of their case to a court-appointed Chapter 7 trustee whose sole allegiance is to the debtor's creditors and not the debtor, and whose main job is to liquidate the debtor's non-exempt assets as soon as possible and distribute them to the unsecured creditor classes forthwith. For these reasons, the debtor or debtors need to hire and listen to and heed the advice given by competent legal counsel, lest she be the only party who really does not know what's going on and by the end of the case may end up losing everything that was worth saving. So let me be clear. Just having a lawyer will not guarantee a debtor or debtor will come out on top and get everything she desires. Bankruptcy is an extremely complicated legal process and proceeding, and like all legal proceedings in front of a judge, you risk not prevailing even with a lawyer. However, 
because of the complicated nature and the rules-based procedures, not having competent bankruptcy counsel, in my opinion, is a recipe for failure similar to taking a butter knife to a gunfight. If you're lucky, you might leave a mark or two on your opponents, or you might even poke someone in the eye. But by the end, you're dead. So we're going to stop there. And next time we get back together, I'll continue by explaining and giving you an overview of the remaining parties in the bankruptcy process. Take care. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to selwynwhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.